The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, you got Daryl with you and you got Coach, Coach Roberts. What's going on, Coach? Hey, buddy, I'm looking excited tonight. Great lineup. You got probably the best speaker we've had this year. Hey, well. One of my guys. All right. Hey, I like that Benny Blades, too. And we do have Benny Blades on our show tonight. Hey, Coach, but before we go any further, um, I have to pay homage and and pay a tribute to to my um, head coach from high school. I led my high school team to the 1981 state championship Bob Lyle, Coach Lyle passed away um, June 6th, and um, it's just a sad day in my life to know that I won't be able to talk to him again and, and see his face and, and just reminisce about the old days of high school. And, um, and we're gonna, I'm going to miss Coach Lyle, and I, my blessings go out to Miss Lyle as well. Hey, but Coach, um, after saying all of that, LeBron James' wife came out on Instagram and said, Home sweet home and had a pin mark on Akron, Ohio, on the Instagram. Um, is this an indication that LeBron may be going back to Cleveland to take them back to a um, NBA championship and possibly win it this time? I, I don't know, uh, Daryl. You know, I know that she was kind of an Ohio girl. She liked that area. And I know she's, even though she's done some, community projects and things in the Miami area. I think that uh, her heart is not down in Miami. I think she uh, misses the fact that she's uh, not where she probably would want to be. Well, you know, um, Coach, um, home sweet home really says something. I mean, you know, ain't, ain't nothing like home. And when your parents may be able to come and visit and your family may be able to come and visit you in Miami, but... I can see where she would really miss living and being a part of that community that she grew up in. But, hey, she has to understand her husband is, is a professional, and sometimes we have to go where the bucks are. And I'm not so sure if, um, if LeBron leaving Miami, he would, he would be a winner. And I think he probably would have a better chance winning another championship in Miami. But I think LeBron James, he wants everybody to love him, man. I mean, he really wants everyone to love him. And I think he really feels like it's some people in Ohio that still can't stand his guts. And he <laughs> wants to rectify that. I, and, Darrell, I don't know uh, 
if you can ever go back, you know, we've both talked about that before. Uh, it's not one of those things I think that uh, Ravon can change. Well, he may not be able to change that, but I don't think he'd be looked at. Um, I don't think he'd be smiled upon if he went to, say, L.A. Now, I think the L.A. market it, it would be a super market for him to be on. Be in. I'd love to see him in, in, in L.A. and um, the Lakers building a franchise around LeBron James. But I think anywhere he goes, um, they could build a franchise around LeBron James. He's still a young man, a lot of basketball he can play. And, um... I, you know, I think it's, it doesn't take a lot to win with LeBron James. I agree. I agree. But, you know, both, you know, you're saying L.A. LA market, uh, New York wouldn't be a bad fit for him. Yeah, but, you know, Carmelo Anthony has already opted out of his, his deal um, with, the, with, the Lake, with, the, with the Knicks. And that leaves it in a, in a situation where Phil Jackson – what does he have to build on in New York if they don't have Carmelo Anthony? I mean, it's just not a lot to build on. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., it's just not a lot to build on in, in, in New York if, LeBron, if um, Carmelo Anthony is, is not there. Well, I think that that's, that's a, a big plus for him saying to the owners, hey, we need to get somebody like a franchise changer like uh, – LeBron. I agree. And hey, you know, and, and who's to say where LeBron James is going to be at? But I think we can probably say that uh, Carmelo Anthony is not going to be with um, with the New York Knicks next year. Hey, but Rudy Gay, a smart man, re-signed with the, with, the, uh, with the Kings, the Sacramento Kings, for $19 million. Now, I can't blame Rudy Gay for signing for the $19 million. Nineteen million, coach. Yep, and, and hey. that's a lot. That's a lot of hay. That's a lot of hay. And Tim Duncan um, had until tomorrow to to re-sign his deal or become a free agent. And Tim Duncan re-signed with the uh, San Antonio Spurs for a ten point three million dollars. You know, hey, Tim Duncan's 30, 38 years old, thirty seven years old. $10.3 million is, is, is a nice payday for him, and I'm sure he wouldn't want to play anywhere else besides San Antonio. Oh, no. Yeah, that's going to be where he gets the Hall of Fame from. Oh, without a doubt. And, um, and, and I think basketball fans would, would look down on Tim if he played, if he opted out. And I, I could never see um, the Spurs letting Tim Duncan go. But do you do you see the big three in Miami together next year? Will we see no. Chris? We no. won't see him next year. I don't think so. Who who will not be there? Chris. Chris Bosh will not be there. No. Wow. Do you think he, you think he'll have a have? His, do you think without the big three, his stats will 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 jump, or he'll be playing at the same level he's played with these three guys? I think that uh, they're smart enough. They'll bring in somebody. I think they need a big guy, Daryl. I think they need somebody to go along and take the pressure off James sometimes and Wade. Hey, you know, um, Paul Gasol is out there. 
But I don't think he's big enough for what you're talking about doing. He, he likes to play facing the basket, not his back to the basket. You know, and, and, and then, you know, um, they they brought in the big guy from Ohio State last year um, who's had, had serious injury problems his entire career, Oden, Greg Oden. Um, but we saw him on the bench the entire playoffs. He did not dress for one game, so... We see that project as being one that um that that didn't work. So who can they bring in as a big man and help this franchise? I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting question, but I think that's where their needs are going to be. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Chris is not going to get those big bucks to stay there. I might be wrong. Yeah, and, and, and we all might be wrong with, with this whole situation with Chris Bosch. I, I, don't, I don't know if uh, – I know that Dwayne Wade will be there. I think, yeah. you know, um, Pat Riley's already come out and said um, yeah. Dwayne He's, Wade will be there. He's a heat for life. You yeah. know, but, but Pat did say that this team will, will reload. Now, what does that mean? They're going to get rid of everybody on the bench? Ray Allen – um, every, everybody's just gone. They're going to get some new players and bring them in? I think so. I think he's going to uh, – I think two or three of those role players that he had have gotten so long in the tooth or, you know, that, that he needs to kind of shake up the mix a little bit. That's why I thought that Pat Riley always liked to have a big man that, like you said, plays with his back to the, the basket. He doesn't have that now. Yeah. Okay. Hey, um, Coach, um, we have um, one of the greatest University of Miami Hurricanes ever and one of the greatest Detroit Lions ever, a good friend of mine. And I don't, I don't even want to give him a whole lot of stuff because he, I want him to talk about some of this stuff. Um, 1987, Jim Thorpe winner. Um, he's been inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Benny Blaze, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening, Benny? What's going on, Daryl? Hey, doing good. Loving life. Every second of it. Yeah, I feel you. You know, you got to take, take life seriously now. And I was sitting there <laughs> listening to you guys talk about the big three. Ah. Chris Bosch won't be there next year. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Bosch will or will not? <clears throat> he will not be there. Okay, and and, and and ladies and gentlemen, Benny Blades lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's still heavy in the Miami, South Florida scene. So we're getting a hands-on knowledge of what's happening in South Florida right now from Benny Blades. And you say Chris Bosh will not be there. Will LeBron James be there? I think LeBron James will be here if, if they bring in the right people. You know, LeBron, look. LeBron and Dwayne Wade have have um, chemistry outside of the court. To them, it's not about the money aspect. That's why they opted out, and they'll they'll bring in, you know. And in my opinion, Carmelo Anthony is is will be a great fit because if you're not going to bring in a big guy like Pat Riley is looking for, then you got to bring in a Carmelo Anthony. You know, um, Chris Bosh just didn't fit that that mold that uh, they, they, they thought he was going to be that intimidated down low, you know, coming over he east like he was in Toronto. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't fit the bill. No. So, not, you know, not even once. Let him go now. I, I, 
I would agree with you, Benny. And, and you know, when, when Chris was in Toronto, he would take it to the basket and put it down in your face. He didn't really do that a lot in Miami. And, and maybe because he had the greatest player on earth playing with them, you know. And, and sometimes when you're playing with some great, great guys, you stand back and look at how great they are instead of really getting involved. And I, I think I saw Chris I have those kind of moments from time to time. Well, and, 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 and that's the thing. You, you can't play with Superman and, and watch Superman, you know, deteriorate. You got you to give him a supporting cast. Everybody looked at the great Michael Jordan. Say, well, who were these guys he was playing with? Everybody knows Craig Hodges, John Paxson, for their, their, their three-pointers, you know, at, at the end of the games. Yeah. But Scottie Pippen was the, one of the greatest role players you know, of all times, in, in my opinion. Because oh, yeah. he, he knew, okay, if, if Michael Jordan was off that night, I got to come to the forefront and score 35, 40 points. I think right now, everybody on, on the Heat's team is, well, LeBron, how many points you going to score tonight? You, LeBron can't score 40, 50 points every night to win a ball game. And that showed in that San Antonio series. Exactly. waiting for, you know, Superman to show up. Superman can't show up by himself. Not every night. Not every night. You know, and when you look at the Chicago Bulls, they didn't win until Bill Cartwright got there. And Bill Cartwright was a seven-foot nasty. Everybody needs a big man. He was nasty. He 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 wasn't a big. He, if he scored twelve points, that was probably going to be the high high point of his season. But he was nasty, man. He was physical, right. block shots. He, took, he intimidated people, you know. Yeah. And now with the, with the Heat, look like you just got a free reign to the basket. And and this year's championship game looked like Tim Duncan was just looking for somebody to school when he got the ball no, down. No, listen, I, I can take Tim Duncan out of the equation before that series even started. I said, if Bosch win the matchup against Splitter, Splitter made Bosch look like he was the all-star, and Bosch yeah. was on the outside looking in. I said, are you kidding me? You're right. How have you, your perennial all-star, you don't take a, a Splitter to the hole and, you, and abuse him down there. But he didn't do that. He didn't. He didn't do Darrell, if we're going to talk about intimidators, we need to talk about Benny and the Jets. <laughs> hey, right. That's well, why I gave well, up the game of football, because I like to intimidate people on the football field. <laughs> that, that's I know. Well, well I, I, I used to tell people all the time, if you come across it anywhere in between these numbers, you belong to me. And, you know, some people, you know, try, but some, some didn't, you know. But all hey, uh, you know, one Benny, person that you had, you had to show the rest of the college football and the NFL. No, these guys for real. Well, Benny, you was for real, and that was no joke. Last week we had um, Daryl Fullerton on the show, and he's a coach at um, at Cooper City, and I, I know you probably seen him time time down there in South Florida. But um, Daryl said one of his problems is he had DBs that wouldn't come up and hit you. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something. We didn't have that problem at the University of Miami. And, Coach, I'm going to tell a story that probably too many people never heard before. But we had a spring game at Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. And Benny Blaze came up and hit his brother Brian so hard in a scrimmage. After the game, we got back to the apartment. I'll never forget his mama was waiting for him. 
And she said, if you ever hit your brother that hard again, I'm going to boop, 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 boop. But now, I understand after, after, me and, after she told me what, what, what to expect. If I hit him that hard, I told my mom, I said, look, this is football. <laughs> I had no concept of friends, brothers. Everybody was an enemy when you stepped on the football field. And that, that's the way you got to, to play a sport. I don't care if it's badminton. If you play against me in badminton, I want to win at all costs. And, Benny, we play with so much passion, man. I mean, and that's that's what bothers me from time to time now when I see a lot of these guys playing. I just don't see them going at it with passion, man. No. Even now, in the game. That's why I, that is why I stopped coaching this, this youth league and high school game. Now I went into refereeing. I, I see a lot of these kids, you know what I mean? I, I, I train them. I just I park where I work and you sit there and you talk to them, you try to get in their head and find out why you're playing this game. Everybody wants the glory. You know, well, now, I'm going to make it to the NFL. I said, do you know what it really takes to get there? Man, but they make a lot of money. No, no, no. Listen, son, do you know what it takes in enthusiasm to go work hard to get there? And that's why I told I can't do it. I cannot do it. My last game coaching down. Man, <laughs> the wide receiver came across the middle of the field, 15 <laughs> yard deep. My safety looked at him and tried to hit him on the shoestrings. Man, you know I lost my mind. I said, no, no, I can't do this no more. <laughs> no. I want to put my hand around his throat. I said, man, nigga, that's what we call a decleater. You put your helmet right cross his juggling vein, and you try to drive his helmet as far as you can through the turf. Exactly. Told me, he said, no, we don't do that no more. Okay, well, it's time for me to go. I feel you, brother. <laughs> I, I, I really do, and I, and I feel your pain. Because, you know, I, I coached high school football for um, some 12 years. You know, and, and, I'm, and honestly, Benny, I've told this story on the radio before. That is what ran me out of high school football. That was my last season. when We were having a meeting on the field after practice, and I looked around, and, he, and some, the coach asked the guy, one, one of them, why, why was he here? He said, for the girls. And I looked around, and it was about five of them there for the same reason. The same reason. I had more passion for the game than the guys that I was coaching. And we could never win if I have more passion for it than you have. No. And you're out there mm-hmm. trying to do this thing. Hey, guys, Ben, I want you to hold on through the break. We got, we got a, um, we're going to take a quick break on the Voice America radio. You're listening to Sports Info UM show. And we got Benny Blades on the show tonight, guys, on the Voice America radio. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got Benny Blades on our show tonight. And uh, Benny's talking about the University of Miami, talking about his days in uh, Detroit, Seattle, and he's talking about the Miami Heat. Benny, welcome back to the show, man. Well, thank you very much, and I'm glad to be back on your show. Yep. Hey, Benny, when you were drafted by the, by the Lions in, um, in, in 1988, Barry Sanders, uh, he he wasn't there yet, right? He was he came in eighty nine. He came in eighty nine. That's some people say, "Hey, you played with Barry." I said, "No, no, no. let's get that corrected." <laughs> Barry, Barry played with me. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so so so, uh, Benny, let me ask you a question. How was it when playing it, practicing with this guy when Barry played with you? How was it for Barry to practice against you? Did you tag him like you tag like you? I'm, I, you know, and I'll be the first to say I played with you for three years, and I don't remember you getting too many good ones on me. I was kind of elusive, but did you tag Barry? <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, that that was a good thing about the about the NFL. We never hit during practice, yeah. And so, Coach Wayne Fonch was always had the scout team guys go in whenever we would practice offense. And so uh, one practice, me and uh, William White, um, Ray Crockett, and Melvin Jenkins. Now that year we had the number one secondary in the NFL. And so we snuck in practice. We said, that's just driving old the coach crazy. So Barry came through the hole, and I, and I tell you, we all had him cornered. There, I have never seen a guy reverse 
You know, he, he goes through the hole, let's say, maybe about five miles an hour. This guy reversed back faster <laughs> and started on the outside of us so quick. And I said, guys, let me tell you something. If we ever played him in a game, we just going to collectively take the 15 yards, we're going to hit him late, do whatever we have to do, because we're not going to be chasing him all game long. <laughs> I mean, this, this, the things that you guys saw on film during the game was nothing compared to He practiced this during the week. And so the games became like clockwork to him. I mean, he would just make cuts on the, on the practice field. And I was like, there's no way this guy can be that good. Because I, I tell you what, my first year in Detroit, going 1-15, see, that's what happens when you, you, you get drafted, you know, that high, you go to the terrible teams back then. <laughs> and <laughs> they, I mean, they, they, they made me want to quit football. Because when you come from Miami, you only lost – Five or six games in four years. In your entire career. Right. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not, I wasn't used to that. Yes. And so after suffering through that and then the next year getting Barry Sanders, and, you know, we, we had a decent year. I think we went 79. And just watching this guy, the first, the first time we played, I mean, because everybody knew about Mike Singletary, you know, the Monsters of the Midway. Ooh. Yes. Now, when this guy made the great Mike Singletary missing three times in the same hole, I said, this, this boy is destined for greatness. Because I had never seen Mike Singletary miss a tackle. Every time he played them, this man would have 18 to 20 tackles. Every time. I mean, he would just yeah. annihilate our whole running game. When Barry got there, I said, wow, this man is special. And so that's why those, those, those things like that and just watching, they were just poetry in motion. I was like, there, there's no way, you know what I mean? Especially when a guy five foot nothing. I said, man, look, you know, and, and that, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame right now. I mean, just, just watching him. For my, my, the last nine years that I was with him in Detroit, you know, people always say, well, why did he walk away? Barry cared. He didn't care anything about records. He didn't care anything about the money. He didn't care nothing about the fame because his dad used to always let him know. Now, you, you see, we talk about how my mom did me when it came to my brother, but his dad used to always tell him when his dad came to every home game. He said, I don't care who you are, where you go, I'm still Mr. Stan, Mr. Sanders. I'm the head <laughs> of the household. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, you're right, Pops. You know, I don't care how big he get, you still the man. <laughs> yes, sir. And, I, and I'm sure he, he had the utmost respect for his father, though, just like he, all of us. He sure did. Yeah, just he, like he, all of us. Benny, do you think that there was another he, reason for him to really quit? He's probably the most humble guy you would, you would ever meet. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And, and, you know, and it was all a shock to us when, when Barry Sanders hung up the cliques, you know. And, but at the same time, we all, if you played the game, you knew why Barry Sanders hung up the cliques. And it was just like, 
when, when people looked at us at the University of Miami, they wanted what we had, man. They wanted to see, you know, winning, 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 winning. If you right. wasn't winning the championship, you was in there to win the championship or you had a chance to win the championship. And, and Detroit really just never gave Barry what he needed to win a championship. You know, we talk about here the Heat, they bring in players, bring in the big three. You know, they just really never brought in enough for Barry to, um, they, to go they after. Really did. I mean, every year, you know, they, I mean, they kind of excluded him from the conversation of what do you need to help us win? It's like, okay, you know, they just figured, you know, we're just going to run him he can't run anymore because it's the same the same way they did Billy Sims before him. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And and Barry was wasn't that type of person to ever speak up. You know. He said, "Okay, look, I'm, I'm here to play a game." He never he never cried about anything. Like I said, because he wasn't there for the the rushing title. But don't get me wrong, me. Him, Lawrence Brown, Kevin Glover. Okay? We were sitting on the back of the plane one day. Kevin Glover was an all-pro center. Lawrence Brown was perennial all-pro left tackle. And he, it was no disrespect to those two. But he said, if I had the line that Emmett Smith had, can you imagine that? Right. Emmett never got touched until he got to pass the linebackers in the secondary. Because, because he had some guards that were biggest tackles and moved like point guards. They were up on linebackers so quick, man. You know, right. and, and by, by no means, Emmitt Smith had possibly the best offensive line ever assembled in the history of the NFL. That's right. Oh, yeah. I the five, four of them were perennial all pros every year. Every year. I mean, not, not just one or two years. I'm talking about Nine, ten, eleven years in a row. Yeah. And and who was the and who was the offensive line coach? Guy from UM. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. You know. um, Hey, Jimmy went out there and 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 built a, a, a a dynasty. That's for sure. But but he he had built a dynasty at the University of Miami too. But he had, had a little help too. And and I think, you know, um Jimmy Jimmy recruited you. Coach Snellenberger recruited me and I ended my career at the University of Miami. Uh, no, Jimmy. no, Daryl. Coach Snellenberger recruited <laughs> me. Jimmy came in that our my freshman year, but I got recruited by Snellenberger. There you go. That's yep. right. And Coach Snellenberger was trying to get the best of the best from the state of Florida. That's that's that was his goal. And after we that's won right. the first national championship, it was easy to, to get the best of the best because there's no doubt that the University of Miami's the University of Miami, the city of Miami, there is no college town in the state of Florida that compare to Miami, Miami, Florida, especially when you're winning, baby. Yeah. Right and now, if the University of Miami was winning right now, they would have that stadium so filled, people would be like, okay, the Miami, the Miami who? The Miami Heat. 
And right. this is how it was. Remember those days there when we used to go out, when we were winning? People didn't care about the, the Miami Dolphins. They didn't they know them. They didn't Miami care about them. We, it was us, man, you know, because we were winning. <laughs> You know, the, 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 and the Dolphins had Dan Marino at the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the Duper brothers. Can you imagine that? They had the, probably one of the best teams they had in the last 40 years. And they actually had the Duper brothers and um, Dan Marino. But we far overshadowed the Miami Dolphins, man. We were what was happening in South Florida. We became a, a, a national team. You know, before before we won the um, first national championship, nobody really understood or saw Miami paraphernalia anywhere around the country. But uh, after we won the first national championship, things changed, man. And hey, things changed drastically. Matter yep. of fact, um, you you you, I always you know, because. You take that dynasty, that Snellenberger built, that passed on to Jimmy Johnson, that, that passed it on to Craig Erickson. Now, when Craig Erickson left and we fell off for a little while, then they came back with, with uh, Air Reed, my brother's class, James Jackson, and all those guys. Yep. They brought that <clears throat> back up. The whole thing started all over again. That's why I tell people, look, we're going through a rebuilding stage again. All we need is three defensive tackles, and we'll, we'll be right back in the in in, in the hundreds thing again. Not my word there. I'm, ben, I'm, I agree with you. I'm, I'm down here with these guys, and I and I see them, you know. But it, until we find the, the Jerome Browns. You know, I always tell people, yeah, I love Cortez Kennedy. I love Russell Maryland. But until we find the Jerome Browns of college football, we ain't going to win again. Yep. And, hey, and, and Jerome Brown came out of my draft class. You know, right. he came in a year, year after me, won the first national championship with me. But he came out of my draft class. And uh, and, and you're right, man. Um, there was there, – we, we probably – it's it's hard to say that we'll never see another deep D tackle like Jerome Brown, but I could almost say if we could ever get one at the University of Miami like Jerome Brown, and, and if we get two like Jerome Brown, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know, it it, it 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 and it bugs me, Benny. It really bugs me to see the University of Miami defensive tackles get pushed around and see our defensive tackles not make plays. It, it, it just, I, I, it's, it, they must have never seen the film of Jerome Brown if they can't make plays. I mean, because this guy, he was a, he, you just couldn't hold him down, man. And one man definitely was not going to hold him down. Listen, and, and the thing, the reason I always call it because I, I played with it, and my freshman year, Jerome, I came in the hall, I was nervous. He said, look, you can get your bleep, 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 bleep. And that's what you wanted from the defensive tackles. Right. Because, man. Now, I knew if he was going to fight that hard to get a sack, I need to cover a little bit better on the back end. 
and it, and it worked both ways. Because, look, he knew all it took for him was three, four seconds, and he was going to be unblockable, and he was going to be in the backfield. We need that. We don't need guys that's going to sit there and two-gap. And, you know, look, that, that game is, 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 is for the, the NI, AAA, whatever that league is. We, we're Division One big man ball. <laughs> I hear you, Betty. I hear you. And and until we can get some um some real serious force up front, I mean we really gonna have some problems at the University of Miami. And um, you know, I know we got two kids from Northwestern this year. Uh or not Northwestern, um uh Booker T. Washington, I think it is. The two defensive one defensive end and one defensive tackle. But um until we can get and, and I hope that they can come in and, and make a difference. But when we think about some of the players that we've had come through there, man, and, and you were there when Russell Maryland came in, and I tell a story yep. about Russell Maryland. We we had bets on the side about Russell Maryland, man. Would he make it through the first? Could, would he make it through two days? You know, and and he persevered and, and made it and became an Outland Award winner, first round pick, and a, and a super defensive tackle for the University of Miami. You know, and, and Cortez Kennedy came from a um, from a, um, a junior from college Google. and became a, right. and became a super player. But you think about those defensive ends we had in there, and some of them other tackles we had in there, like Jimmy Jimmy Jones, who had a, who had Jimmy a pretty Jones, good career. Uh, uh, Derwin Jones, you know, yeah. Billy Hawkins. <laughs> You know, come on, man. Look, we were so stacked up front. I, look, now, remember we used to we used to we used to take little wage, wagers. Our defensive tackles would try to compete with defensive backs and run the one tens. Yeah, and, yeah. And look, and Danny Stubbs used to be be beating some of the defensive backs. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, he did. You yeah, know. you know, and that's the way we competed back then. It wasn't talking about, no, well, I'm a defensive end. You're supposed to beat me. No, 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 no. We competed in everything we did. Everything. Now, I, I, I go down there now. I went to, down for uh, one of the practices. Man, I, I've never seen a practice so quiet on Spring Tree Field in all my life. I said, hey, is this practice? Oh, man, it wasn't no DBs trying to slap no wide receivers in the mouth or nothing. <laughs> hey, Benny, hold that thought, man. We got to take another commercial break. Hey, guys, right. we'll be right back on the Sports America Radio. You listen to Benny Blaze on the Sports Info UM show. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to the Sports Info UM show. Hey guys, we got Benny Blades on our show. The 2006 uh, College Football Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, Benny's a pro bowler with the Detroit Lions. Benny, what's going on? How you doing there, Darrell, Coach? Welcome back. Hey, Coach, um, you have some questions for Benny about uh, some things. Go ahead. Uh, Benny, another thing is I know you work with uh, all the kids down there in South Florida with your your foundation, but also your – uh, officiating, and I find a lot of guys that uh, are giving back that way. Do you find that pretty rewarding? I find it extremely rewarding. Um, I've, I've tried the coaching aspect of, of the game, but uh, to me, it, it was it's a lot more rewarding because now through my foundation, actually, um, like I was telling you guys during the break, I get a chance to. Um, go out and see a lot of these guys who dropped out of school to get them back encouraged in the, in the, in the going to school. And not only do I get them encouraged back in going to school, because now down here, what I do is I, I, I run a little youth referee camp. And so when these guys are 17, 18 years old, that's a career that a lot of people forget about. Okay, if you start refereeing, I tell these guys, if you start refereeing at the age of 18, by the time you might be 28, 30 years old, you can, you can become an NFL or NBA referee. And I know for a fact the NFL referees, they make anywhere from ten to $12,000 a game. And that's just one weekend, you know, out of... <laughs> Out of, out, of, out, of, uh, out of the month. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, just try to get these guys encouraged into in, in doing something. Because like I told them, 
Every, everybody's not going to play in the NBA. Everybody's not going to play in Major League Baseball, nor in the NFL. There's broadcasting. There's refereeing. You know, there's general managers. There's a lot of different aspects. You can stay connected to any sport that you love and that is that passionate about. And so it's about reconnecting with, with, with these young men that I find in in the inner city of Fort Lauderdale that I'm, I'm so passionate about because if in that particular area, when the guys are dropping out of school at 70%, not graduating, that to me, you know, you, you're, you're starting a whole generation that you're going to lose along the way. And so I just find that, you know, it, for me it's imperative that I get these guys to not quit school. I mean, if you, if you don't like school that much, okay, look, what, what other ways can we get you to be productive and get off the streets? Because 10 years from now, when you look back over your life, you're going to say, man, I wish I would have. But a lot of them are going to be incarcerated by then. And so that's why through my foundation, I, I just feel as though it's imperative that I, that I do this. And, you know, the other thing, Benny, is that uh, a lot of people don't realize, and, of course, I coach for a lot of years, uh, of the referees today, there weren't a lot of young ones coming in. Uh, most of the base of the referees that I had working uh, my games and the games that Daryl and I worked together were getting, you know, up there in years, and we just didn't see a lot of young guys coming in. Right, and, and, and that that's that has been the, the case down here, because I, I'm going on my well eighth year in high school, but I've been refereeing youth league now for the last twelve years, and I got discouraged my my first couple of years in the, in the high school association because of that same. Scenario, because you get a lot of the older guys that just won't retire, and they won't train anybody to come behind them. And so I just finally, you know, after my third year, I said, "Look, I said, guys, look, I played all the way to the National Football League. I'm not here to make high school refereeing. We have to look twenty years down the road. Most of us won't be out here and won't be able to run up and down." behind these young guys on, on this high school level. So we have to start training younger guys behind us to take over our spots. And so, of course, about 60% of, of the referees that were in there, that's a lot older than I am. No, no, we can't do that. You know, Look, if you're going to make a career out of high school refereeing, this this is, shouldn't have been a job for you in the first place. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I know I get into something, I aspire to go a lot further. Right. You don't get in. You don't get into refereeing to aspire to stay at the high school level. Who who does that? Right. You make a fifty. Year, you want to make a fifty year career, or just be at the high school level? No, I, I don't think so. And that's why. I started what I'm doing now with these young guys. You bring them along slowly in the Optimus Leagues. And that way, they understand the game by the time they get to the high school level. They do four years of the, of the youth league, then they move on to the high school. Now they understand 
what it is that they're seeing in, in the game isn't isn't foreign to them. And so I, I mean I, I I enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, appreciate you giving back. Well, we we all we all can't be multimillionaires, you know. We 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 all got to give back a piece of ourselves to the generation behind us. Exactly. You know, I, I tell people all the time. Look, I'm not I'm not in the poorhouse. I've I've made my millions. I'm good. I don't have to be a multi multi millionaire. But it's imperative that we give back to you know some of the people that that are behind us. Benny, I'm gonna tell you something, man. And um, you're, what you're doing is it, 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 you can't put a a, a a label on it, a price tag on it. I mean, because what you're doing, you're doing it from your heart. And um, and I and I know what you're talking about. The the graduation rate is 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 thirty percent for young black males. Now you're talking about seventy percent of these young men are not going to graduate from high school. And if you're going, if you're not going to graduate from high school in a city like Fort Lauderdale, what are you bound for? You, you, homelessness, um, drug addiction, drug sales, and prison, and all of that's, that's just—they right. all ball up into one. And and none of them are good, man. And I mean, none of them are good. And Benny, and you and I good. both know. You see them you, there. They, they, they come down here, and I tell people all the time because when anytime your government. Counts the number of beds that they got to build in prison. Yeah, by the number the number of third graders that cannot read. That's wow. telling you something. Yes, that is. Wow. <laughs> and you know, and, and Benny, I lived in Fort Lauderdale for almost four years, and I and I can almost I I know the area you're talking about, and from Sunrise Boulevard East. To Broward Boulevard East, yes, sir. and if you go, and if you go from Davie Boulevard East, from Oakland Park Boulevard East, and combine those all, all the way to, from US One, from ninety five to US One, Davie Boulevard to Broward Boulevard to Oakland, or uh, Davie Boulevard to Oakland Park Boulevard, you're gonna find that seventy percent that you're talking about, and it's a horrible thing, man, and it really is, and and it's, and it's a failure by society, by by me being a product. Of, you know what I mean? That area. Yeah. And, you know, when you try to get guys to understand it, look here. For those of us that made it out, I'm not saying come back and live here like I'm doing, but we have to come back and give our testimony to these kids to help them understand it. Look here. If I've made it out, you can make it out too. Right. Because when right. you don't see nothing but blight your whole life, that's the first thing you say. Man, ain't nobody going to get up out of here, man. I'm stuck right here. And that is, that's their mentality. Yeah. Especially when, now when I'm, I'm dealing, most of these kids I'm dealing with there, they don't know what I did for a living. No. They, they you know weren't I mean? born when you did I, what you I, did. Yeah, I, I brought in some trading cards the other, matter of fact, that was yesterday. To some, to some kids that I'm working with, and the little boy say, Mr. Benny, who is this? I say, did you read it? You ain't playing no football. How you get your how you get your picture on this? <laughs> <laughs> and this is their mentality. They think that is you made mentality. it out of here, you're not supposed to come back here. Right, right, right. Hey Benny, um hold on one second. Hey um Matt, do we still have rolling online? Hey Benny, we got our racing guru 
Roland Villa from Daytona Beach, Florida. He comes on the show every other week and gives us a NASCAR and a racing report. Because I'm a NASCAR fan. I'm a racing fan, Vinny. I, I'm, one of them, I'm one of the few black guys that enjoy a good race every once in a while. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm about to come up and see you next time at Daytona 500. Vinny, you got to hold on because Roland, what's going on? Roland getting ready to tell us when, is it, when, when we're coming back to Daytona. Roland, what's happening? We're coming back on July 5th. It's right around the corner. This is Rolla Villa, born in Broward General Hospital and raised on Southwest 25th Avenue, right off of Davy Boulevard. So I'm familiar. Hey, Rolla, it's a good thing you got out of Fort Lauderdale when you did. Yeah, yeah. I was there for 12 years and came to this area in 1962, which was the early racing days in Daytona Beach. What a race this weekend. The road course, it was a dramatic race with the national, uh, the nationwide race uh, on the, the Saturday before with Brendan Gaughan and 62 car taking the win, but it was anybody's race going towards the end. But the big story, of course, was the win by... Uh, Carl Edwards and number 99 Roush Racing Ford, sponsored by Aflac, the very first time out of his 22 wins that Carl Edwards has won on a race course. And believe it or not, the second win for Jimmy Finney, the crew chief, and only the second road race win for Jack Roush, who was so well known in the uh, Grand Am circles for all of his road race wins prior to the time of him, him getting into what was then the Bush Series and then coming into the Wester Cup Series, which is now the uh, Sprint Cup Series. So that was interesting. And second place was Jeff Gordon, and third place was Dale Earnhardt Jr., and they were charging in the end. What people were looking at is could Hendricks Motorsports get their sixth team win in a row? They failed. But uh, anyway, that's the reason why records are there, because uh, they should stand for a while. Denny should know about that, about records. <laughs> Records are meant to be broken. <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey now, um, now, you know, we could have almost guessed that Jeff Gordon was going to be in the top three in the road race. Um, however, I was kind of surprised to see um, um, Earnhardt Jr. up there in the top in the top three. And and one more question, um, Roland. Who? Where's the race coming up this week? Where are we racing at this week? NASCAR. I am blanking out here. I'm not at my computer, and I've been thinking about it all night long. Because <laughs> you knew I was going to ask I you that question. I remember as much as I know. I'm blanking out with uh, where we hey, go next. And, and, Benny, if you want to come down here for that July race, man, let us know. And uh, between me and Roland, somebody's going to get you a ticket for that, man. Uh, I'm letting you know right now. You said July 5th, right? July 5th. Oh, Is this okay. the switch blades that I'm listening to? This is Benny the Jet Blades. Yes, you're listening. I said to the me. switch blades. The switch. Because <laughs> 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 you can switch directions one way and another man. You're one of those people that I hate because I was an FSU fan, and I'll be doggone. <laughs> yeah, I know you hated Benny Blades if you were an FSU fan. I don't think he ever lost to FSU. Maybe I once. I don't think he did once. either. Once. Yeah. Okay, I lost to him once too, Benny. <laughs> All right, well, listen, guys, uh, we'll get a more complete going uh, report going next week. We'll do a post-date, I mean, a pre-Daytona show, and we'll talk about what's going to happen on July 5th. Wait until the fans come and see the building of the new Daytona yeah. rising structure. Wow. $400 million of brand-new grandstands, concourses, 
fan accoutrements and all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, they're suspending that right now while they are, you know, preparing for the race. So thank yep. you, guys, and I'll give you more complete report next week. Thanks, Roland. Hey, Benny, you got the last yep. minute. You got the floor. Give out any shout-outs you want to give out. Go for it, my brother. Well, I want to show you, I want to give a shout out to that, that whole Blaze clan because, like I told you guys at break, okay, look, my little brother Al has a has a son coming up. He's gonna be dynamite. I hear you. you know, we've already brainwashed him. He's gonna be um through it through. Brian For has sure. a son Deuce coming up. Um through it through. You talk to James Jackson. I tell you what, my dad never lied. He don't breed nothing but the best. <laughs> it will be in the future. I appreciate it, Betty. Hey, All man, right, it's been brother. a pleasure having you on the show, my brother. And don't be a hesitate. Don't be a stranger. Call back anytime you want. And, and call me anytime and say, Daryl, I want to be on the show this week. And we'll headline you like always, my brother. Hey, thanks All so right, much. My brother. Hey, guys, you've been listening. To thanks, Benny. You've been listening to the Sports Info UM show on the Voice America Radio. Thank you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Coach. All right, buddy. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>